Hello and welcome to the 39th episode of the Staying Up Late podcast. Uh, everyone's favorite suspension of disbelief dialogue. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack Young. With me, usually, uh, is my co-host, <laughs> yeah, I think. I mean, I think giving me the title of co-host Jack is a little bit presumptuous, considering how I'm clearly being... Uh, you know, pushed out of the podcast. <laughs> well, to, to, to be fair, Callum is very unenthusiastic about participation in the, the you know, episodes of Staying Up Late, and he, he well, usually Jeff, only well, wants to come on when there's a guest that he finds interesting. I would have loved to have been on for Jeff Simmons yesterday, but unfortunately I had a, other commitments. And... By which he means that he didn't complete his work fast enough. Yeah, basically. I could, if I was, you know, if I was diligent enough, I'm sure I could have been there, but unfortunately I'm not, so and with, that's the world we live in. With us also is uh, Imi Hucker who's been on the uh, podcast before and you know that podcast did really well comparative to the other podcast so obviously uh, there is an audience for Amy <laughs> as she already knows for YouTube and, and, and I mean uh, it was yesterday but the podcast will have gone up last week uh, we did an episode with uh, Jeff, Simmons. Jeff Simmons the leader of the Opportunities Party which was actually really interesting um, yeah. I mean we're going up in the world you've got political political part Politi- leaders of political parties. I'd really love to get David Seymour. On. I do not think David Seymour would really be that really difficult. Like, yeah, that, I, I don't think it would be difficult. Um, who do you think is like the highest political leader in New Zealand you could plausibly get? Chris Bishop? Like, not a leader. Fish. Yeah, for the highest political figure. But do you mean leader? Because if um, a leader, that's just like six like, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. obviously you're not going to get like Jacinda Ardern or Simon Bridges. Yeah. But, um, I, but I, I reckon you probably could get Chris Bishop. If you pushed. Well, I mean, you are a former fa- Facebook friend. I mean, Jack doesn't... Oh. I mean, Jack doesn't like to, to admit this, but, uh, you know, there was a phase in Jack's life where Jack was, in fact, a young yeah, Nat. I've actually admitted it on most of the more recent episodes of the podcast. You're coming to terms. You're, you're, a, you're coming clean. It's important to uh, disclose any past biases because we're doing really important work getting to the bottom of hypotheticals. And people, yeah. people need to know if oh, uh, Jack, my, my reasoning is... Um, my question today, I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's got some very weighty political implications. Let's just say. I, I can't <laughs> wait for it, Cal. I can't wait for it. Actually, Jeff made a point yesterday, I actually, mm-hmm. think it was maybe the most interesting thing that he said. Uh, he said that he's an economist and he did well, a lot of... He worked for like the Morgan Foundation before he... Yeah. That's how he got into it, right? Yeah. And he... Um, when he was working before being leader of the opportunities party even separate from the morgan foundation he worked a lot as an independent expert yeah and he said that a lot of people whether or not they would listen to like implement what he was saying they would very respectfully listen to what he was saying and ask questions yeah but the second that he started applying his like economics knowledge in a political realm people just off the bat like either are keen to listen to him obviously top supporters or just don't want to hear it yeah which is actually like really interesting the way that we sort of like deal with politics I yeah think. yeah yeah so anyway cal um we'll, we'll get on to emmy in a, in a sec but the the listeners are just they've been absentee callum Gray. I, I where has say, he been what has he been doing there is one person who i didn't realize he listened to the podcast but someone i know from high school shout out if you're listening messaged me about a week ago just saying where have you been and i said what do you mean? Because <laughs> I didn't realise it was about the podcast. Then he was just like, oh yeah, you haven't been on the podcast in a while. And I was like, oh well, I have to come back on. It's, you know, glad to hear this guy. This guy's actually in the army, but he's a uh, he's apparently a regular, a regular Oh yeah, yeah. look. Yeah, I wasn't, wasn't going to name first, any... You could say their first name. Well, I look, he might not, not want to have his... from the army. Yeah, he might not want to have his, hey, his name... Bled all over the internet, Jack. I was just respecting his well, privacy, but I'll obviously give you, you don't have that same respect. That's fine. I'll give you yet more details about Luke from the army. Magnificent moustache. 
Very, very good. Yeah, good. Last time, I don't know if he still has that moustache, but last time I saw him. If you're listening, Luke, top-notch moustache. Though, though, I would also mm-hmm. like to say it's absolutely unacceptable to have that moustache if you have any job that isn't being in the army. That is true. I mean, because by regulations, the only facial hair that you are allowed to have in the army is a moustache. And do you remember uh, Willie Appiata? I remember he yeah. had a really big, oh, he had a really nice, one, yeah. nice moustache. So, Amy, what have you been doing? I'm just first. I'm just wondering what color is Luke's beard. I mean, moustache. Like, it's, it's dark. It's like brown, I guess. Yeah. He sort of he has brownish brown. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I don't think about moustaches much. Oh, really? You don't. You're, you're not going to. You're not trying to grow one. No, no, no. Oh. You're not a fan of moustaches. No, no, no. They're good. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about facial hair on on men, Emmy? I endorse it. You, you endorse it. You endorse it. I think it's just because de- Jordan Peterson de- now de- has a beard. It depends. No, it depends okay. on the. Uh, it depends on the facial hair. That's my thing. Scruffy, scruffy facial hair. I'm quite a fan of the like the '70s porn star moustache. Yes. Like the real. I mean, I, I, not that I would ever do it myself because it is. It's a bit of a. It's a bold. Look, Something I'll that I like that to much. see in a period drama. You know what I mean? If it's like the '70s. Yeah. Yeah. Not like in the '70s. If 70s. someone's walking down the street doing it it's kind of I used to um, I think Cal- you need a very particular look to pull it off Cal- and confidence Cal will know who I was I'm talking about my ex-girlfriend's ex-boyfriend before me yeah had the worst moustache yeah, you've ever it's seen it's like the classic like, you know the soup strain moustache like the kind of person who like for example I cannot grow facial hair at all if I tried to grow a moustache it would be a awful looking wispy moustache. wispy bad it's just like the classic like a a 17 year old who hasn't shaved for the first time yet <laughs> it's something you notice a lot in um like if you have fair hair or just like generally are quite blonde, yeah. then you, you tend to like, you might have as much facial hair, but it doesn't look like you have much because it's not as pronounced or something. Yeah. And that was this guy's problem. He uh, had far lighter hair than, than Callum. And it was just... It just looks like, you know, when you drink milk and you just have... Yeah, milk. yeah, that's the soup strainer, yeah. I would say I would say the moustache was embarrassing. I, I would say generally with, um, generally speaking with, Facial hair. If you have darker hair, I think facial hair looks better. It's Not always, but as, a, as like a general rule. Unless it's patchy. Well, yeah. If you can't grow, like, if you can't grow full facial hair, then don't grow. I reckon. I reckon if policy. you're a blonde guy who can grow full facial hair, which is rare, but it looks real good. Yeah. Like Ryan Gosling. If he yeah. if he grows I, a beard. I don't find Ryan Gosling attractive. What the hell are you talking <laughs> about? Just, like, I can see objectively that he's good looking, but I personally don't find him. There's well, a difference. That, I think there's a difference. I appreciate your opinion, but you're wrong. Yeah, I, I, I would back Jack on this one. Very attracted to him. How do you feel about Brad Pitt? How do you feel about, about Leonardo, old, Leonardo DiCaprio? He's about old yeah, now, Brad Pitt. One, How do you feel about Jordan Peterson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's not. Um, Brad Pitt's a little old now. He's like in his mid fifties. Yeah, he still looks fucking good. Yeah, he did looks you see, really good for his age. Did you see the trailer that just came out, Ad Astra? It's like um, a movie where... Brad Pitt has to go into safe to save humanity. Just to, to space. space. Okay. Into safe. <laughs> doesn't, sound very, doesn't sound very dangerous. He has to go into a safe space to um. <laughs> um. You should look at the trailer. How have you been, Jack? I'm pretty. I'm pretty swell. I've been doing a lot of podcasts recently. Uh, that to your ear? Yeah, I, I oh, do that a lot. Oh, I do that a lot when I'm having conversations. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah. One of my friends points it out to me all the time when we get coffee that I'm always going like this. I should probably stop doing it now that yeah. we're on video. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I've been good. It's fun to do like several podcasts a week instead of just one. It's fun to have. You're building up a backlog, right? Is that, is that that's that's the plan? Yeah, because I'm going. Uh, I'm going to the United States and Europe for a couple of months uh, after I graduate, or not graduate, but. Finish. finish yeah uh and i i want to have podcasts still consistently coming yeah. out every week so um need to build up that backlog which is 
a little part of the reason that Emmy came here because we could okay. do Jeff and then we could do Emmy. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then I think I'll probably want to do another one with you and Halem in the next couple of days because yeah. then we'll just knock out a, a ton of them, which would be great. Yeah. Um, but it's really cool interviewing like people and people who are actually somewhat famous. Well, I wouldn't call Jeff Simmons somewhat famous. I think well, he's probably... a he's a public figure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but he's you know he is do he has ideas. And he's doing something yeah. with those ideas, and it's fun to sit down and like have them out. With them. I think it's. I think I. I, actually, I do have a lot of respect for people like young people who. Not that Jeff Simmons is that young, not that old either. But he, um, people who are like get do get engaged in politics and try to actually change things. Yeah, like the people put there. Like, do you see? I, I read in. I read this article this week about there's apparently like a quite a lot of young people. It was an article. It was in Salient, which is the Victoria University student magazine about all the people running for. Apparently, there's a whole bunch of Victoria students running for the Wellington like district council or the Wellington city council, I think. Oh really? And um, I know. I just think it's, it's good, basically. I think it was saying that it was like kind of. Are a they lot just... of them are somewhat inspired by Chloe Swarbrick. Yeah. Oh, are they trying to get elected? Or yeah, they're just trying to change the conversation. No, they're literally trying to because the thing is they're running for like um like council wards and a lot of those things are like not super heavily contested so like if one of them ran for mayor of wellington they're almost certainly not going to win but for yeah. example they just run for like a council Councillor. seat no where there's like about yeah exactly elections which are coming up i'm pretty sure yeah they're this yeah. year yeah didn't chloe swarbrick she ran for or mayor. for mayor right yeah. that was what initially raised her profile then she joined in with the green party didn't she get like third yeah she did she i think did she quite well. like she, phil goff and then some other guy and then and it was like was vic third. crow who's like the basically the national person even though they're not technically affiliated with national and then her i think yeah that's really interesting um how do you feel about chloe i know that uh emmy has emmy is a fan of chloe um i haven't talked to her much but i have had coffee with her oh really yeah when did you have coffee with chloe swabrick last year set the set the set the scene scene there's this really cool sort of hipster area where there's a, a like a caravan that you can sit in and have coffee and stuff so we just hung out there how did how did how was that organized yeah how did this how did this well, come about I, well i used to volunteer with her in palmerston young North green oh, okay yeah i was a young green yeah and i just didn't renew my membership so i guess i'm not one anymore yeah <laughs> yeah and then i guess we got along a bit and then it was me and some other girls and we just hung out yeah the good thing then, about new zealand is that because like new zealand is such a small country like if you want to get in touch with polit, or if you want to actually like get in touch with politicians, it's really not that hard. Mm. If you actually just make yeah, an effort I to do it. I was friends on Facebook with pretty much every Green MP. Yeah. <laughs> list. That's pretty crazy. And like my friend Sammy, who I interviewed on the podcast, the young Labour president that yeah. I interviewed on the podcast she's a few weeks cool. ago. Yeah, she's cool. Um, and like yeah, just grew up with her and stuff. And she just was doing something related to like the political realm, like increasing civics participation, and you know just basically happened to come in contact with uh kitty allen kitty allen um a labor mp and then it just spawned like a relationship which spawned you know a role yeah in the young labor party which is like it's just really interesting how that sort of stuff plays out in new zealand um yeah but it's actually kind of interesting in, in many ways because i think with like sammy is like it's not something she ever actually expected to happen to her it just kind of just happened. like Whoa. she just kind of had the role thrust upon her yeah, yeah exactly which is you know I think Jack, if you'd stuck with a uh, with uh, the young young Nat, yeah, yeah, fuck, you mate. could be. Who Maybe knows? What, who knows what you could Simon be Simon Bridges right now. Yeah. yeah. Soyman, you'd have to Soyman. adjust your ac- accent. All the national people have a really thick accent. Do you reckon like thick like New Zealand accents? Yeah, relate to the farmers and stuff. 
they're from the regions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are they though? Are Nets? I mean, quite a lot. Do farmers support the Nets or generally? Oh, general, oh, generally, they do. Yeah, yeah. But I would say rural areas are usually on a pretty national support. Although they do get a lot of like a lot of like Auckland is pretty on the whole is more national supporting than Labour. Like it's interesting how different immigrant groups like I think a like I was talking to Zray and he says like Indian New Zealanders and like Asian New Zealanders mostly are quite national supporting. Because mm. they're quite conservative compared to like Westerners. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, and they're also quite um. Like, National's quite pro, like, they've quite pro immigration, so yeah. it kind of makes sense. It's kind of a weird mesh. Yeah, it's kind of weird, because in, like, most countries you tend to think of more, like, right-wing parties as being more anti-immigration, and, like, left-wing parties being more pro, but in New Zealand that doesn't really hold true. Like, no. if anything, National's probably more pro-immigration than Labour is, and yeah. certainly more than, like, New Zealand first of all. Well, yeah, I froth a bit of immigration, and then you've got, like, <laughs> you've got right-wing uh, populists who hate immigration, and that's where, like, that's where Winnie, your boy Winnie comes in. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. It's um, a- Hana ha- ha- Tamaki. Oh yeah, that's weird. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> so ba- basically, uh, the leader of a, a church in New Zealand, um, Brian, a super church or whatever. Like they're kind of like well, those like modern, those like modern, you know, kind of like televangelist churches. Not not like a traditional organised church kind of thing. Yeah, his wife uh, has basically created her own political party uh, called the Coalition Party, yeah. and it's sort of misleading. Weird. <laughs> yeah, and she's sort of seems to be running pretty much on a platform that like Brian Tamaki's teachings could be taken to prisoners and probably after that like the masses in a more like easily streamlined way it's really interesting like in terms of like what's going on I think it's it's because of like there's a few like there's been a couple of like Alfred Ngaro who is a national MP has also talked about like founding his own Christian party and I think it's the main two things it's because it's like marijuana legalisation which I'm sure like Christian people tend to be against. Why do Christian people care about marijuana? You know, it's not know. it's not in a passage. Yeah, they don't care about alcohol. It seems that much. No, when well, it comes to marijuana, they're like, oh no, this is bad. Well, I mean, I guess it's just people sort of. So people don't like change. I guess people don't you know? like change. Um, and also the abortion thing—they're going to take it out of the Crimes Act, or they're currently reviewing law commission recommendations or something. Yeah, it's a positive change. Yeah, I agree. Um, um so Emmy. You're the guest on this week's podcast, so oh. we will put it to you first to uh, tell us what's keeping you up at night. My hypothetical? Your hypothetical question, that's the one. I think I forgot it already. <laughs> oh, no. Huh. We'll just sit here silently until, until, you, until, until you can remember it. We'll just glare at you. I think, it, I think it was, if you had to be an advocate or a leader for a particular conspiracy, what one would it be? Oh, wow. So, okay, so it's probably worth setting the scene, providing some context. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> this morning, in, in our flat, the Netflix documentary, is it Beyond, Beyond the Curve? Beyond the Curve, yeah. Yeah, it's become a bit of a hit in our flat, mm. with members of our flat watching it multiple times. And I've it's... seen it I've seen it seven to ten times. I'm not yeah. sure exactly <laughs> how many. And it chronicles the life of this man, Mark Sargent. Oh, what a legend. Who is a, a leader in the Flat Earth community, and he is one of the... I mean, look. You can use the, the term. Po- they know. Yeah, listeners to the podcast know the term "nink." He is one of the biggest ninks you'll ever see in your life. Absolute huge nink. Um, it's a really, really entertaining. Uh, it's actually quite interesting as lo- well. Lo- it's quite a good look into the flat Earth yeah, community. Yeah, what brings these people together around such a, an obscure idea? And really, like the thing is that when you believe that the Earth is flat, that that's not just like that's not the beginning of. That's not like the end of it. That's the beginning. Because you have to believe a whole bunch of other stuff to make that view making consistent sense. with the world that you live. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they tend to be anti-vaxxers as well, and they believe that there's some kind of government conspiracy against them. So it's a small part of their big. 
Yeah, yeah. I've never actually heard Mark Sargent talk about anti-vaxxing. I, I, you know the thing I, I would I would be curious to hear a, a, a flat earther tell me when like what why did like the first people like the first people who believed in a globe model in like ancient Greece or whatever yeah why why did they do that oh that was probably <laughs> the beginning of them of the trying conspiracy. to rule the world yeah presumably yeah, guess, yeah. um yeah anyway so we, we, we showed this documentary to Emmy. I loved uh, it. It was fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. And, and now what you need to do is you need to start listening to Flat Earth Podcasts. Yes. That's the natural next step. Of course. Um, research Flat Earth. <laughs> Assimilate. Do, do your own research because that's what they always say. Don't trust me. Don't <laughs> trust anyone. Yeah. Do your own research. And I like by research they mean watch YouTube videos. That's yeah, yeah. literally that all they mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. So that's the scene. So do you have any uh, sort of ways you want to qualify your... Uh, your, your question, Emmy, like, uh, so we're the leader of this party. Yes. Of a the, group. The, the, the group. A conspiracy yeah. theorist group. I feel yeah. like there has to be something. Um, well, the thing is about conspiracy is, like, normally, like, I mean, there are conspiracy theorists in the past that have, like, turned out to be true, I guess. Like, probably with, like, Watergate, there were people speculating that, like, oh, yeah, the Nixon government is, like, the Nixon administration is up to some really shady shit. Yeah. And it turned out they were. Mm-hmm. But, like, the, the thing that, this is the thing I always say about conspiracy theories, is that they assume a level of competence on, like, the level of the powers of you know the powers that be which the powers the that is, should not be yeah as they say like for example the if the moon landing was actually faked there's no way in hell it wouldn't have gotten out you know yeah. if you think about the number of people that would have to be involved if you think about all the stuff that governments leak all the time mm. there's no there's no way they could like in some ways if the moon landing was faked it's more impressive than going to the moon yeah no i agree <laughs> it's just such an incredible like uh feat of fabrication yeah you know what i mean uh okay <laughs> I want to be. I want to be. I want to be. The president of a like lizard people society. Yeah, that would be fascinating. So the, yeah, I, I so like everyone believes they're a lizard people. Is the thing? Is this I, I, like obviously you hear people joke about this, but it's like the lizard. Is that an actual conspiracy theorist it, that people yeah. believe? Yeah, like genuinely. Yeah. Because like a lot of these people believe in like demonic forces, right? Yeah. Or like supernatural forces. They, yeah. They're definitely most of the time religious and believe in God. Um. So is it really that much of is it is it really that much more far fetched that someone believes that they've been abducted by a UFO than that they believe that there are like lizard people running the earth? Yeah, like probably not. I mean, they're all equally untrue, right? Yeah. Like this is the way we often I think think about religion, is we'll say like, look, Mormons are so fucking stupid. Like, <laughs> yeah. look at look at how dumb Mormons are. Yeah. And the only reason you're saying that is because Mormons are recent. They're no more like their beliefs incorrect than any other religion that's ever existed yeah um or no more incorrect than even like flat earth because really conspiracy theories at a certain point uh they are religions well they sort of carry i mean they do they, the thing about the flat earth i mean in that i would say flat earth is a religion is that, and that it provides a sense of like it provides a sense of meaning to its members as well yeah. and it like provides a narrative through which to view your but it, life it's also like a cosmological explanation right yeah like this is this is the way that the world works yeah like these are these are like the fundamental like stakes the way that a lot of flat earthers view things is you live on a like infinite plane that goes on forever right yeah or a dome some or, or under a dome that's actually the more prevalent view but like the idea is that like there's like a sheet of ice that goes around like the there's just there's all of these of ice. these these wacky things that they haven't proven because they're not true and like really what distinction is there like that there is a, a wall of ice that surrounds a disc that we live on like how is that more far-fetched than like 
Mary, I mean, I Mary guess, gave a virgin birth. I mean, I, I guess the thing about, like, most religions, though, is that they don't provide a... The thing about Flat Earth is it's, like, a model of what the Earth is. Whereas, like, I feel like religions, generally, they, they don't provide such a clear, like, model of what the Earth is. It's more about providing a, yeah, an idea of what, the, of, like, a, 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 what the universe is. Or no, but, like, I, th- I think that's the point, right? That's, that's what I'm trying to drive home, is that Flat Earth, like you said before, believing the Earth is flat is the first step. Yeah. That how far it goes sure it most it mostly constrains itself under this dome model that they've set up yeah but they also believe that like there's conjecture like oh what's beyond the dome why does the dome exist they yeah. have all of these weird fantastical explanations about like what the what the universe is yeah um and like, i get your your point that like flat earth almost like functions as i like think it's the, I, I think it's the same i think it's the same drive uh, I think it's driven by community acceptance, yeah. uh, group identity, right? Yeah, um, and it's I think the main that part of it. yeah, I think the the core drive that drives someone to be part of flat Earth is probably the same core drive that drives someone to be like a Orthodox Greek or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm not all too convinced that all of these flat Earthers actually believe the Earth is flat. I think they just go, oh yes, I'll uphold this belief, so I have a, a prepackaged community and friends for myself. Yeah. But they, they don't seem to be that interested in the research. They just kind of go, oh, yes, the Earth is flat. You know, that... I mean, but there are, there are those among them that try to prove it, like, scientifically. Yeah. Like, they, they, they don't seem to be the minority, though. Yeah. yeah. I mean, most of them... The thing is, most of them are just, like, random people, so they're not going to go to the effort of conducting their own experiments because, yeah. like, it's quite, you know, conducting the Bedford level experiment, which is one of their faves, is, like, you know, it was a reasonably difficult thing to do. Mm. They, they do have a couple of people they call scientists yeah. they're usually like people there's the engineer you know that guy yeah. the engineer who's just an IT yeah he's like guy. an IT consultant and that's, yeah. his, that's his scientific yeah. cred but I agree with um, Emmy I think that like in the documentary or like just watching their videos generally it does strike me that like at a certain point of I'm not sure you would call it fame but like notoriety within these communities like you could realise that it's not true and then just, you wouldn't yeah really back out what, what right? do you think would happen to the so here's here's okay here's, here's what you do say you're the head of the lizard people yeah society the group say you're mark Sargent. yeah what would happen if you're like oh, no i was completely wrong the whole time you guys and you're just like i've, I've come around but actually it, it is a globe like what would that what do you if like an authority figure within that community was to like debunk the community how do you think the community would react? I don't think it would matter at all. I think they would all just be like, oh yeah, he's, he was planted by the government the yeah. whole time. They, yeah. They were asked him that as well. They were joking, but they think that he's a CIA Yeah, yeah, CIA like... Yeah. There's a, um, the two main people in that documentary series, series Mark Sargent and Patricia Steer, who actually have a podcast, which I would recommend <laughs> because it's fucking hilarious. Um, they are commonly cited to be CIA operatives. Yeah. Right, who are planted, uh, not to not to give, uh, basically to lead people into the flat Earth community, but to steer them in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. and the, that wrong direction is believing in the the dome model, yeah, instead of the infinite, infinite plane model. Yeah. Yeah. To be fair, if I was a flat Earther, I'd be infinite plane yeah. all day, oh, really? all night. Because if you think about it, infinite plane is kind of mm-hmm. like real life that's how like fantasy works right like <laughs> yeah. fantasy books yeah that is actually true yeah. yeah so like i'm i'm chill with that i like that i was like middle Earth. i didn't realize i still actually read the lord of the rings books you know loki nick but um as someone who's read all of them you know um <laughs> <laughs> is that like middle earth is just like that's not the whole like lord of the rings universe that's just like the land mass 
that all the stuff in the books happens on. There's like other land masses in the world. Yeah, I know. Which is where like the races came that's how, from. That's how most fantasy works. Though. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just didn't, didn't know that. But I'm like, usually interested in fantasy. This is super nerdy, but I'm often interested in fantasy. I'm like, do these guys live on a planet? Yeah. yeah. Where's the context of this? Yeah, like what's the cos- the cosmology of, yeah. The ecology. I'll have to ask Finn life. about it. I've just started playing D&D recently and uh, oh, a friend of mine has a huge, he like made this map for it, which is very impressive. Like it's a very impressive prop. But, um, and he like writes the lore. Yeah, so um, it's quite cool though. Um, okay, what type of conspiracy theory are you going to be a part of, Cal? I don't really know. I mean, I guess flat Earth because it's just one of the bigger ones. You know, you want to, you know, it's, that's where all the, the new hotness is in the conspiracy community. Do you so. feel like there's any conspiracy theory that has like a higher quality of like person? Because what strikes you about the flat Earth community is like they're all a bit like mental. And like, I, mean, I, think that's, that I think that's true with, with most conspiracies. Yeah, but like, what would be the least? Like, what's the least? Ridiculous I mean, the least ridiculous conspiracy? ones would be like ones which are just very minor. Would be like, oh, this Obama's a Muslim. I mean, oh, not even that, but I would say just like maybe things like you hear about like specific. Like sometimes you're on Reddit. You'll I've seen uh, Ask Reddit threads that are like, oh, what conspiracy theorists turned out to be true, and it's just like this specific government action somewhere twenty years ago. Yeah. And this was secretly about that. It's usually very minor things. So the only conspiracy... So I'm sure there are, like, conspiracies out there that people have about minor things which are actually true. But any of the huge things, like the world is flat or yeah. the moon landing is a hoax or 9-11 truthers, th- those are all like, obviously bullshit. The um, conspiracy theory that you would least want to be a part of that group would be that the Holocaust didn't happen. Holocaust, oh, denies. Holocaust denies. Yeah. I get Holocaust deniers in my comments sometimes. Oh, really? Insane. Yeah. Oh, you got you got um. Oh, maybe we shouldn't message uh, mention that on the podcast. Basically, any oh, received some dodgy messages I'll this morning. If I got a reply. Oh, we don't need to. Yeah, podcast. what if the what if the what if, what if, what if the guy freaks out when um you out him on a podcast? Oh, wow. He had some very interesting stuff to say. Okay. Yes. I'll say I'll say that. Well, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go flat over because it's the it's the it's the it's big at the moment. It's like growing. And if you're going to be the head of a community of a conspiracy theorist, you want to be you want to be like the new hotness in the conspiracy community. And I feel like that's flat Earth at the moment. Okay, no, you know what I'm going to do because I think it's the most reasonable. I just want to be Mark Sargent, basically. That's all I'm saying. I think that um, governments are monitoring all of our actions via our smart devices. Oh yeah, that's that's me. That's that's my conspiracy theory because I'm like a little bit convinced. Yeah, I, I'm I a little stick bit. Stick it over my computer webcam. Oh, do you? Yeah. Classic. One of those. I don't know that the government is, but I think whoever owns your oh, like Google, like Google and, and like Apple definitely are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So do you want to hear? Have, have you have you answered the question? No, I haven't. <laughs> I don't know. Who, who are you locking in? Um, choose. Choose. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Well, there's this really entertaining group of people who claim that all celebrities are actually transgender, and I think that's really all of them. All of them. Every <laughs> single them. one of them. Yes. Whoa, that's how that's... you get into the Hollywood elite. I love that. Like, <laughs> they claim that they're all Jewish. Oh, I probably should are all the male celebrities women who became male? Yes. And all the ma- all the women yes. are men who became women? Yes. There's no reasoning behind it. It's just... that's. I just... Who <laughs> thought that up? <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> and the thing is, I would love to be the leader of that because it's ridiculous. And also, they get to... They make all these edits of the celebrities by you know cutting off their hair and removing their makeup and stuff and i just like photo editing so that would be really entertaining just to 
do that. Just find a conspiracy <laughs> yeah, theory that suits my, your hobby. You, you would, my job. You would always have content, like if people worry about, oh, what video am I going to make next? You'd literally just be I like, just, okay, I did Ryan Gosling, now <laughs> I'm going to move on to Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give her a beard. That's my job for today. Okay. So, Callum, tell, tell me what's so I, I you I said up before, this question has big political concerns. Okay. I, I wasn't joking. Oh. So, as we all know, Love Island recently started their latest season. Absolutely, absolutely. And we've had, look, we've had a Love Island themed uh, uh, hypotheticals on this show before. But many, I can't, many times. And I, so, I've got a new one. Yeah. And I can't remember if I, I can't remember actually if I said this before. But anyway, so I'm just going to say so, my, my, my question is if you could make one change to the format of Love Island. This is, this is cruel to Emmy. She's never even seen oh, Love Island. Have you not seen Love Island? Okay, let us... You can in- indoctrinate me. So there's ten... Well, there's, there's about... There's usually between, let's say, like, eight and fourteen, maybe. Yeah. Uh, attractive British singles in a villa in Majorca. Oh. And basically the, pr- the setup of the show is that they have to form into couples. The couple at the end that gets the most votes will win £50,000. But um, the, mostly they... they uh, People, they're constantly being eliminated, and the way in which people are eliminated is usually that there's like a, a, an uneven number of men and women. So there's always slightly more men or slightly more women, yeah. and then they have to couple up at the end, and whoever doesn't get coupled up with goes home. And then the most of the show just consists of people like sitting around shit talking. Yeah. <laughs> And like confronting each other because the producers like make it happen. Yeah, and the producer, it's all kind of a little stage, but apparently, like, I listened to a podcast by one of the guys from season one, and he, he kind of talked about the process, and he says it's like the producers kind of push it, but they don't create the drama. They sort of like exaggerate the drama. Yeah. yeah. Or like, for example, say you were like thinking to ask someone out, they just nudge you or make a move on, or make a move on something. In real life, that might take like a few days to build up the courage to do that yeah. for a normal person, but in the show, they need to do content. Yeah, they need, do it quickly. yeah, they need something to put on the show. So they'll be, the producer will be like, "Well, you have to go do it now." Then oh, it's, it's such a wonderful. It's a, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. So my, and my... the thing is, watching it makes you more intelligent. <laughs> so you really should. Uh, it's actually how I developed many of my relationship theories. Which, yeah, as we all know, I'm really <laughs> rock solid. Yeah. Yes, I love So one one change you can make. It's, yeah, it'll be a, bit, be a little difficult for you, Amy, because you haven't yeah. watched the show. Yeah. For I, me and Jack, it should be a bit easier. I watched some clips. To okay. See what it's like. Yeah. We might watch an episode right after this, actually, if it's if it's. Oh, out. I, yeah, I've, I've downloaded it. Oh, okay, okay, it. right Amazing. afterwards. I think me and Emmy are going to get some hot chips, and then we're going to then we can sit down and watch some love. Okay, good. We yeah. can really open your eyes. You know, we've opened your eyes. The Earth is flat. You know that now, <laughs> yeah. and you you can also know that uh, the peak of life is uh, hanging out with British. Singers so here's my. So there's there's one one that came to me earlier. So there's a show on TBNZ that I saw an ad for, and it's basically. From what I can tell, it's a dating show. Yeah. But instead of getting straight people, they're just all bi. And I was thinking, oh. that's not a bad idea for Love Island. Because yeah. then you see what you're doing is you're literally you're, is you're just doubling the number of potential match opportunities. And it would thing, be way more dramatic. And yeah, it'd be more dramatic. Because the problem that often happens in Love Island is that like you'll just get people who just aren't who just aren't into that you know they they can't they're not attracted to or they don't strike mm. up a conversation with any of the contestants on the show and so they're just kind of waiting for new people to come in and then the new person comes in there's only really one person who they can potentially get with see if they're all by at that point you're just doubling the number of options mm. so you're well I tell you you're technically not doubling but Okay, Almost I, I have a counter argument. Okay. If you're just sampling the bi population, yeah. you're probably going to get your less quality of contestants. Yeah, that, that, is a, that is a major concern. Yeah. But if you, if you, I agree that this is amazing if you can keep the same quality. If you can keep the same quality of contestants. I think it would also be difficult because, like, 
Because so many people I, apply I, to I, I don't know. I don't know if this is true. I don't know what the numbers are, but at least in terms of like what the statistics say, but in terms of people who you meet in Wellington, it seems to be that like being bi is a lot more common for women than it is for guys. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't I, like. I, I, I don't know why that is, but so I think in practice that would not limit the selection pool for girls for women as much but it will probably limit the selection pool for guys by quite a lot quite a lot yeah no i think that's fair that would be an interesting variation and obviously people are already making reality television about it because people make reality television (laughs) about about literally anything yeah i've always said that like love island is the natural end point of like television because it's actually not like think about love island is it's like it's very trashy but in some ways it's not as it's actually not as trashy as it could be do you think it can at times be a little bit wholesome like it can but also like for example like people you know i, I was i was i don't know if you guys heard but uh the leader of family first which is kind of like a christian family values advocacy group in new zealand yeah was complaining about the fact that love island is on so it's being aired on the latest season on tv3 yeah uh it's just like a day behind in the uk basically yeah and it, but it's on at five o'clock, and I think in the UK it's like a nine o'clock slot. It's like a, it's like an evening show, and so there's been com- some complaints that it's not really a pro- it's not the kind of show that should be on at like five o'clock. I really. think that's actually reasonable. You should not be allowing your children to watch Love Island. Yeah, like especially young children. <laughs> Literally, and he was saying it contributes to the pornographize pornographization of society. It's probably not unfair. Yeah, but probably I, a fair point. But <laughs> and the thing is, I was thinking though, is the thing about Love Island is, is like as trashy as it is, they actually don't have sex that much. And like if they do no, have sex, it don't. takes quite a long. Usually, they, they... there will be three couples. Around three couples will have sex on on Love Island, yeah. and it will be filmed. But they'll be it's like really they'll, be, they'll be they'll be under like, the covers. Yeah, they're under the covers. So you never, but it takes never a long time. Anything. Like Sims Woohoo. And there's, there's usually yeah, about there's like four, forty to fifty people on the show throughout the entire season, right? So like it's actually far less than you'd think especially because these are some of the trashiest people alive. yeah so you don't keep the same cast you add new yeah. so yeah so they're constantly people are constantly being eliminated from the uh, island and new new right. islanders are constantly coming in oh, yeah that makes it way more interesting okay cal let, let me give you my contribution more alcohol consumption mm-hmm. on and I have a the thing point. is i feel like that's then at that point because I, I never watched it but I, I know people who watch geordie shaw um, my impression of geordie shaw is that it's, from it's what like people they tell just get me drunk is that they're just shit. always like trashed yeah and they're constantly like getting super drunk and just doing really stupid things i don't i don't think they should encourage them to drink a lot but they they limit the amount that they drink to like less than two drinks on the nights that they are allowed to drink which is actually only a fraction of the nights so like they're never ever allowed to get drunk at all yeah um and i feel like that you know that's that's some of the funniest shit that happens in your own social lives happens when your friends are drunk or you're yeah. drunk people so, do stupid things when they're drunk yeah, exactly, so. drunk, yeah. it's just going to make entertaining television right i mean i've also th- was also thinking i would quite like to see a more like basically terrace house but like a western terrace house i'll be quite curious to see how that would pan out mm. so terrace house for you know if you don't know don't is know. a japanese reality tv show on netflix this is right? actually a quality reality really TV i really show. write the show it's like i i mean as much as i love online i do like terrace house more but Oh. I might, oh, have to, I might have ripped. to end the podcast episode right here. Oh, oh. And I might be evicted from the yeah. co-host. Actually, I, I, actually, it's going to be the last episode. I'm on after that. I, I didn't watch Tears House when you started listening to it because my ex-girlfriend didn't like it at all. Yeah. But I might actually jump into it. Yeah, and so the thing about Tears House is it's much more... First of all, it's Japanese. And so the Japanese people tend to be more reserved. Yeah. In, in, at least upon first meeting people than Westerners, than like you know, British people do, say. But also, I think the kind of people they choose to get on the show are not trashy people. They're usually, like, young professionals, and they all live in a house together. 
but it's not explicitly a dating show, although they often do date. Yeah. But they also can have jobs at the same time. So like they're they're still working while on the show. It's not like in Love Island where they have to drop everything, you know, go to Mallorca for three months or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And so it's much more low key. But I would kind of be curious to see like a uh, an American or a British version of that say where they choose people who are like more normal than the kind of people they get on Love Island. You know? It would just be like filming a flat. Yeah, just like filming a flat, basically. If they filmed your flat, that would be super entertaining. Like, I've been observing these <laughs> conversations. They just... Someone might mention an idea and then they just riff off that and they well, just... I think what Emmy's trying to say is we all argue with each they other. Which lot. isn't necessarily a yeah. good thing. Um, it's entertaining. I love it. But that's what happens when you've got an like ideological split I guess because yeah. we've got like we've got we quite an interesting students. situation in our flat we have one person Amelia who couldn't care less about politics yeah and then we've got two people who are like more left aligned and then two people who are more like on the right yeah and then so we're usually just like having it out I mean I enjoy doing it I think that it gets on Callum's nerves and it like gets on Zray's nerves I think me and Halem enjoy it a lot more than you yeah, guys do yeah that's probably true <laughs> you, you um, anyway <laughs> from what you've heard Emmy, don't don't feel like you have to come up with something because oh, obviously you don't something. know. The, you, okay. you, oh yeah. yeah, I would be really interested. I don't know how the dynamic of the show works exactly, but it would be really interesting to see like a polyamorous season where they have to have several. multiple people. Oh wow! Well, yeah, how would, would you be... how would you make it competitive? That's the thing. Yeah, the per- the person who has the most sustained relationships at the end wins. Yeah, I don't know how that would work, but I think that would be. Fascinating. Yeah, that would be. I, I would straight up just watch a television show with the subject matter as polyamory, polyamory. like yeah. straight, straight up so polyamory like we were, we were actually watching YouTube videos that we watched a lot of weird YouTube videos in this mm-hmm. flat and we were actually like searching for content on polyamory on YouTube and like there's not a hell of a lot on there and yeah. I'm like very interested in it mm-hmm. yeah Halem's very against that because it goes against the traditional family structure <laughs> yeah. but most an... animals aren't monogamous at all so you just wonder Though well, polyamory is actually forming uh, multiple relationships uh, it's not just sleeping with multiple yeah, yeah, exactly. it's being in like a committed relationship yeah. with more than and one I th- person and I actually think that's just as unnatural as monogamy like people are always talking mm. about oh monogamy is un- unnatural I think polyamory and monogamy are unnatural it just depends um, on what one is more practical yeah, and sustainable I, th- I think that like life pairing is just like not really something that is probably uh, natural like in humans in like a hunter gatherer society yeah. say. It, it obviously has had like a lot of utility and function for like society but yeah, I, yeah. I don't know I, I don't know um, what's the difference Polygamy is where it's always one man and multiple women, right? That's the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas polyamory is not necessarily that. Yeah. I think that's the difference, right? Yeah. It'd be actually quite interesting to sit down, like, with a list of all these terms I was reading, and sort of just, I was, like, sort I was reading the, uh, the, the Wikipedia page the other day on Brigham Young, who was the second leader of the Church of Latter-day Saints. Yeah. It was, like, the key figure in, although he didn't found the religion, as, like, setting it up as a sort of institutionalized religion. And over the course of his wife, he had 75 wives. Jesus. Oh, <laughs> I wonder what I wonder what his incentive to lead the church was. I don't know. And like eighty children or something. Jesus Christ. He's competing with Genghis Khan. Yeah, he's doing yeah. doing doing well for himself. Yeah, so I, I'm gonna say the 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 buy thing. I mean I feel like there are other minor changes. I I, I would be int- I would kind of like it if they broadened the amount of the range of topics they're allowed to talk about. Oh, yeah. I feel like they're very limiting in, in what they talk about. They don't let, let them talk about um the outside world very much. Yeah. They just talk about like internal. They should talk about the drama happening within the house or their opinions on people in the house. Uh, and they're on a Sunday. Well, I think it's their Sunday or their Saturday. An episode is not put out. Um, they get a day off and they're allowed to talk about whatever they want. 
Yeah, I would be curious to just see them be like, oh, so what do you guys think of the Game of Thrones finale? You know, just like people talking like that. I think that'd be interesting. To yeah, that'd see. be sick. Um, cool. Well, everyone's locked in their stuff. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, I, what I was going to do, it's not a conventional hypothetical, and I actually think this will, this will be great contrasted with uh, Cal, because Cal's um, not really his background, but Cal's mum is Anglican. Oh. And I was ra- raised in a Catholic environment. And I was talking to Emmy at one point, and she said that she didn't really know anything about Catholicism. <laughs> You're gonna steal man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I was gonna, I was gonna steal man. Uh, Catholicism. For, yeah. for people who don't know what that is, it's like making the best argument you can. It's like the opposite of maximally man. charitable. To it's, like a, it's like a straw man is where you create weak arguments just to knock them down to make your arguments look good. That and steel also manning. caricaturizing uh, another person's argument, making it seem like it's a lot weaker than what it actually is. Yeah. Right. So like, uh, for example, Callum says. I don't know, like, Love Island is a shit show for A, B, and C. Yeah. And then I'm like, and then I say, oh, um, you're saying that Love Island is a shit show for A, but really, like, I've misrepresented what Callum's saying because there was more, like, depth to it, if that makes sense. And obviously, Callum would never say that because that would be literally slanderous. It's it's difficult to come up with strawman arguments for Love Island because anytime you mention it, it's just, it's the quality of the show itself shines well apparently you think Terrace House is better Cal so you're actually the nice right now um so the way that I was actually going to go about uh Steelman and Catholicism because I I, like I read a lot about Catholicism uh, when I was younger because I was like a militant atheist very nerdy and you know when you go to a um like a religious school you do religious education as much as you do maths or English right yeah um do you do that much? Like, how many how many lessons of religious? Like, when because you were so I had Catholic, like so. I, I probably had three periods or four periods of maths a week, and I had four periods of religious education. Really, so you had it that much. It's the only thing at the school that you had to take to year thirteen. Really? Yeah. Mm, um, a bit weird. It's very weird. Um, and they did, did you learn about other religions? Or? So in year thirteen, we did one particular uh, paper, and the focus of that was on other religions, and yeah. that was actually more like social science, right? Yeah. So it was talking about like, well, why do people believe what they believe? That was a really interesting, like, lens for uh, religious education within that school to actually like look at things from, because the rest of the the stuff we were taught was literally like, oh, what does God think about this? What if, what does God think about that? Which is really odd that you're yeah that you're teaching them like otherwise secular environment you know we are actually like trying to apply reason to you know like mathematics sciences history english you know what i mean like yeah it was it was quite odd um anyway so here's my case right yeah so i think that if you want to claim that christianity or catholicism is right yeah that that's your belief system yeah you need to take it completely literally yeah Mm, the the reason that um it can't be taken not literally is because what catholicism actually at at its core is is it is a set of ideas um in many cases practices but it's ideas about the nature of god very specific ideas about the nature of god yeah god is a trinity um you have god the father god the son which is jesus and then the holy spirit or the holy ghost as it was like known until like the 70s yeah right uh Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He was he was came into the world on like by, via virgin birth. Then he rose from the dead, right? Yeah. So the the whole thing is many Christians will like accept some of these claims or all of these claims, which are foundational to the so belief. There's different branches of Christianity, and that's where the claims occur. There's, well, there's different branches of Christianity. All Christians believe what I'm talking about specifically. Um, 
Well, there's a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of different but the thing is be. that if you if you believe that there is a um, creator, right, and uh, you know, like a sort of personal force in the universe which created us and then either cares about us or doesn't care about us, right? Yeah. That's something called deism. That's a different belief system entirely, right? Well, de- well I, I thought that the... the, de- the deism, deism is, is there's, like, a, there's an uncaring, or he unthinking... Like, or he created the universe but doesn't, doesn't no longer takes like an active role in, you know, how yeah, it's going Yeah, exa- exactly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's often called the, the argument of the unmoving mover, yeah. right? So he, he, he is there but he... He creates things. Or you might not even call him a he. There's just a force which... <laughs> yeah. And that's yeah. what a lot of, like, for example, the American founding fathers were. A lot of them Some were deists. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that... Um, uh, why why am I drawing a blank on this? The person who... Darwin. I'm pretty sure Darwin was a pretty oh, okay. avid uh, deist. So the whole point is that if you have that belief system, that, yeah, I generally have this idea that there's, there's something that created us but maybe is impersonal doesn't think about us specifically there's not all these things that i need to necessarily do in order to be in a line like align myself with that creator that's that's a deist case what christianity is and catholicism even more specifically it's a set of ideas about the nature of that um that creator right and yeah. when you have a set of ideas about the nature of that creator you have to get literal with it right because yeah. all you actually believe is like what that creator is and it doesn't make sense to like cherry pick in my, in my yeah, opinion yeah I, I actually I, I understand that point because if um, you cherry pick you might as well make your own values well yeah exactly um, and a, lo- a lot of uh, specifically the ideas about uh, like Christianity uh, there's specific claims about um, Jesus's teachings how they relate to us what he did for us he died for our sins right so yeah. Jesus had to he had to die on the cross right and then the act of him dying on the cross meant that previous to that, if you sinned, uh, but you weren't part of the chosen people of God, um, you were going to, you know, die in eternal damnation. Jesus dying on the cross, I don't really know why. Um, yeah. Listen to Jordan Peterson if you want to <laughs> understand this metaphorically or something. Jesus dying on the cross allowed sinners, even if they weren't Jew- the part of the Jewish people, to uh, enter the kingdom of God, basically, right? Yeah. To achieve God's like love and forgiveness. So I think that you need to take that all like very literally. Otherwise, it doesn't make any sense at all as to why you would even take the original premises that like the God of the Old Testament is the specific God that you believe in. Um, I think the crux of the best argument you can make for Christianity and Catholicism, I can get into the differences soon and then Callum can speak to it. Like he doesn't well, they're, know they're that. quite different. There's a difference. Anglicanism and Catholicism are not very different. Yeah, but like Catholicism and like baptism. Oh yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But you can speak to Anglicanism a little bit, like more so than the others. Um, But the main thing you're doing with Christianity uh, and basically all religions, uh, but Christianity very specifically, is you're you're talking about what mechanism does your work when you're interpreting the world around you, right? Yeah. There are two different mechanisms, right? So the secular world and what you learn like at high school, you're using reason and the scientific method to um, to draw your conclusions about the world around you, right? What Christians do is they use the um, the fact that the tool. Of I mean, fact. I don't think I don't think I think a lot of Christians would very strongly push back against the insinuation that Christians don't use reason or logic. I think that... Um, like, very strongly. I, I think that what you'll find, Cal, is that... Like, me here trying to steal man right now, right? Yeah. The, through all of the, like, 
watching like debates between Christians and atheists and reading like and reading the Bible and reading like you know books from like leading atheists and stuff like yeah. that. What I have always found out like found it comes down to when you get the most articulate, intelligent defenses of Christianity, uh, Catholicism, or most uh, religions is they will at the end of the day um, accept the foundational well, yeah, you do need, to uh, need of faith. faith. Yeah, yeah, I mean, but, yeah, you do but have faith, faith does a lot of the heavy heavy lifting, right? Yeah. Because there's a point that like you can't But they would say but they still have faith, but they still use logic in other areas. Well they use logic in other areas, right? But like so they might for example, they will say, uh, look, um, Jesus wasn't in his tomb um, three days after uh, he he died, right? And we yeah. know this because we have accounts from like historical sources, right? Yeah. Um, and the veracity of those historical sources have been called into question. But that is a that is an argument based on reason um, that is being put forward to basically explain why, um, what, how we know that Jesus didn't just like stay dead forever, right? Yeah. But it's not a particularly compelling argument, right? Because yeah. there's a whole bunch of reasons why it probably isn't true, right? Because we can't trust the sources. There was a bunch of like earthquakes in the days after um uh in, in the days after uh, jesus's death which are like yeah. which are actually recorded which would have disturbed tombs at that time stuff like that right the reason the reason doesn't really work out so what you need to do is you need to rely on this this idea of faith right and it's just a different way of looking at the world right the whole thing about faith is that you lose sort of the and i'm trying to paraphrase my priests from when i was yeah. in high school right here the thing about faith is that the idea of actually questioning your faith is in essence a uh, undermining of that faith, right? Yeah. Um, so a good example is Mother Teresa in the final years of her life wrote to the Vatican and she said, look, I'm having uh, a crisis of faith, a crisis of faith. Um, she said, like, look, like, I don't, I'm not sure that I believe in God anymore. And they said to her, like, look, you, like, you, are, uh, you are lucky. You have been gifted by God with a test, right? And the very fact that you're questioning your faith um, will mean that you'll reap more of the reward if you like, if you lean back into the faith. Does that make yeah. sense? And that is that's it's that really is like I know you might not agree with this, Cal, but that really is I think the crux of the Christian worldview or the religious worldview versus the secular worldview, or at least maybe I can phrase it like this: They believe that reason gets you some measure of the way but you need faith to do yeah, the rest yeah, of the work I, right? I agree with that it's just the way you said it before whether or not that's actually what you meant makes it sound like religious people don't use reason or logic at all in the, there. The, the way that i meant it is that I understand under, what you understanding mean. your universe the I, essential key you need at the end of the day is faith yeah uh whereas Secular people believe that reason will get you all of the way. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that like if you accept the idea of faith, that's the best case that you can make for Christianity. Um, so faith. Does it have I have I sort of like qualified my position there? Yeah. In a way okay. That, I think that's yeah. I agree with that more. Yeah. Maybe like I I wasn't uh, sort of articulating it in the the most um, charitable way, which I was trying to. Um, <laughs> differences between Anglicanism and uh, Catholicism. Well, there's lots of different. The thing is, is that like. Because, I mean, obviously, like, after... So, I was reading this thing recently about the Protestant Reformation. Yeah. And so, the thing is, like, after the... So, you know, previously, the, the Bible was only in Latin. Yeah. And, like, the... the, the Inaccessible. Yeah, my, my, my central idea of, like, the main difference between Protestant religions and... Obviously, there's Eastern Orthodox and 
you know, Armenian, Armenian Christianity and Ethiopian. There's lots of different. It's not just Catholics and Protestants, but those are the two main main groups in the West. Yeah, is that uh, with Catholicism, the relationship between the individual individual and God is very much mediated by the church mm. and mediated by your priests. Whereas Protestants tend to believe in a much more personal connection with between yeah. the individual and God that can be achieved through reading the Bible, which is why during the Reformation they supported printing the Bible in the languages that people actually Whereas spoke. Catholics were very against this. The, the Bible could only be in Latin. And actually, uh, Mass, like uh, the services done in the Catholic Church were actually only done in Latin until like the mid-20th century. Yeah, like very recently. That's, yeah, quite recent. Yeah. And... Um, yeah, but, but the problem is that when everyone starts reading the Bible themselves, they all reach different conclusions, yeah. which is why Protestantism quickly splintered off into all these you've different got areas, Calvinists yeah. and Lutherans and Anabaptists and Baptists. And, and the thing about Angl- my, my understanding with Anglicanism is that Anglicanism is kind of a bit of a merger between a lot of Protestantism and Catholicism because it was mainly... Well, the, I think it's the closest to well, it's mainly right start Because it was mainly started for like political reasons so that Henry VIII could get divorced so he wanted to have the authority of the church basically concentrated within the state yeah but a lot of the actual teachings are a bit of a merger like they retain a lot of catholic like ceremonies and practices i think which is why the, like there's a lot of debates if you look at english history over like the vestments like the the clothing the bishops wear like should they wear the catholic clothing or different clothing which is why a lot of like uh english cathedrals are often very uh, beautiful and like ornate whereas a lot of the time protestant churches are quite plain mm. because it's the an ornate building is, you know, distracting you from the relationship with God. Yeah. As I think sort of so does my that, understanding. It does, ha- make does yeah. yeah. Ha- has, has what we've discussed, like, sort of given you an idea of, like, what it is? It, yeah, more? it has. So basically, I don't want to, st- I don't want to go all Kathy Newman. So basically what you're mm. saying is, yeah. Um, so Catholics use faith as their foundation for understanding the world, but they, some of them use well, maybe science Cal would as a be supplement. Well, it's just I mean, I, I the foundation, but as like the... But the, like, yeah, to, but I, I, I do think that people who believe, you know, who believe in God... They're not all I, I can't... <laughs> what I would say, It's not Cal, like they don't use reason or logic yeah. in their everyday life, but that relationship with God has to some degree rest on faith. Yeah, mm. exactly. Um, I'd also like to just like point out... Uh, I think, so when I talked about like literalism and why I think that the, sure. the best way to interpret like... Uh, like God in the Christian sense is like extremely literal. Not that I would do that, obviously, because I have no faith whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, the the Catholic Church is actually like w- when you're talking about how it's like it has it has the correct interpretation. Everyone split off from that. It's yeah. the most literal, right? Um, or like maybe not the most literal in terms of oh. like you've got like Westboro Baptists who like literally there, read there, the you Bible. Do get, you do get very conservative. But but Catholics are ve- yeah. very much like there is they they have a, a centralized system which decides what is correct. If that it's makes a much sense. more like hierarchical yeah. than yeah. Protestant churches. And a really good illustration of this is uh, the idea of transubstantiation versus consubstantiation, right? What? Uh, yeah, that? okay. <laughs> so I've always found this super interesting. So Catholics believe, and this is the default position that the church always had, that the body and blood of Christ mm-hmm. at, at Mass, you have the, the bread, bread and, the, and wine. the wine, and that represents the body and, bloody of, body and blood of Christ. But in the Catholic church, that's called transubstantiation. They literally believe, literally, that they are eating the body and blood of Christ. Like basically, once it enters, my understanding is, like once it enters your body, it literally becomes the blood, the body and blood of Christ. Yeah. Whereas, kind of crazy. Whereas, like cannibal cult, pro- yeah. Protestants believe it's just kind of a they, metaphor. They, yeah, it's, it's a just, metaphor. It's, it like has the spirit of it has the spirit of Christ in it. Basically. Yeah. So it's a good example of uh, 
the the Catholics being a bit more like mm. rigid and like literal in their yeah. thinking. Yeah. yeah. If I had to choose, although I don't think I could ever really align with Christian or Catholic ideology, but if I had to choose, I would go more along the Protestant. Yeah, side. yeah, I think I would too. Probably. It's a bit looser, and you have. Well, there's lots of different varieties of it, like Yeah. There's tons of different problems. Well, churches. I think we can all agree that the um the best variety <laughs> is sort of like youth group pastors. Yeah. Who play like Christian rock and like yeah. Play song. Yeah. Did, did you was Easter camp a thing when, when we you went were a to kid? this thing called Set Free? Because <laughs> where you would <laughs> they like always have these really fluffy veins. Yeah, yeah. All these all the schools in the diocese would like bring all their students and then they would like basically just tell you not to masturbate. And like no, like literally, <laughs> not to masturbate, not to have sex until marriage, and like basically stop doing any of the the stuff you're doing, like that you enjoy, like playing video games and stuff <laughs> like that. Like that, that's fine, but like no, spend your, the majority of your time like studying the Bible and being a good Christian. Yeah, and it, it was very very intense, and I went because there were girls from other schools, <laughs> and I would literally just hit on girls from yeah. other schools. I was like fourteen at the time. <laughs> that was what I was interested in, so I was basically. Networking. Though I did come back <laughs> as a proud Christian for like two days. <laughs> wow, what a, what, a, what a wonderful story, Jack. Did they drug you? <laughs> uh, they do. Well, they they drugged me with their Ideology. their words <laughs> exactly. <laughs> actually, actually, there was a girl who. Uh, they they asked at a certain point like is anyone here willing to stand up and make a commitment that they won't have sex until marriage <laughs> and like a girl from my school actually like stood up and then and then made that commitment and then she um she broke that com- commitment and then we all roasted her oh. <laughs> which is I guess is like a weird variation of Christian slut <laughs> anyway so that's that's all the topics for today does anyone have anything else they want to talk about probably could talk for hours but nah <laughs> Leave that for another time. Love Island beckons. Love Island does beckon, and so do hot chips. Yes. Oh, actually, real quickly, you know, this is a, this is a fun. I mean, it's not really hy- hypothetical. What's your favorite type of hot chip, Emmy? I don't discriminate between hot chips. I just. You have to have a preference. So if I said to you, you can have like the plain ones, or you can have thick cut, or you can have crinkle cut. I what do you choose? Curly, curly fries are pretty good. Curly, curly fries, fries are real good. Curly fries. French fries. Curly fries, your bit, your favorite. Yeah. That's such just... a basic position. <laughs> that's like everyone like, oh, curly fries are the best. But Absolutely. Fun. Fun. I, I just like the normal like fish and chip shop chips. If, if, I, if you'd only eat one for the rest of your life, I would just go with like your basic fish I and like chip shop chips. I like the standard ones, yeah. I reckon that I'd go like big hand cut chips. Oh, they're pretty good. Yeah. The ones that you used to make? <laughs> the ones that I, I, I used to make. make yeah, when I, had to, when I worked at public as a kitchen, I used to like make the chips. Oh, really? Yeah, like cut them. Oh, I wish I had a deep fryer in my house. I mean, that'd actually be that very be bad very for bad my health. Actually. Yeah, and it would stink out the whole place. But yeah. Well, anyway, thanks for listening to the 39th episode of the Staying Up Late podcast. Remember, you can uh, send us any questions, queries, or hypothetical questions uh, to stayinguplatezero at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Didn't get any this week. That's pretty upsetting. Wow. Maybe it's because Callum hasn't been on the podcast and yeah. that... Um, that's a form of protest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'll, we'll put it down to that. So thanks for coming on, Emmy. Thanks for having You're me. You're always welcome. That's good. Uh, get some rest.